I'm Tanner Scott, and you are listening to E-Commerce Secrets to Scale. If you want to scale your e-commerce business, you've come to the right place because this podcast is all about hearing stories and strategies from successful entrepreneurs and e-commerce professionals to uncover scaling secrets that will have a huge impact on your online store. This week on the show, Kyle Stout from Elevate and Scale joins me to discuss how e-commerce brands can scale their email marketing channel without burning out their list. Kyle is so knowledgeable about the subject, and he shares some very valuable tips on how to get a high return on your investment with email marketing. Welcome to the show, Kyle. I'm really excited to have you. Tell us who you are and what you do. Awesome. Yeah. Thanks for having me. My name is Kyle Stout and I'm the founder of Elevate and Scale, where we help e-commerce businesses put their sales on autopilot through email marketing. Awesome, man. So how did you get started in that? What's your story? So I started out in 2013 as a freelance copywriter, mainly focused on uh, writing sales copy for company websites, and then doing a lot of blogging to generate traffic through organic search. Uh, so I was doing, you know, ghost writing for inbound marketing agencies. Um, and I really gained a lot of experience around the content side of marketing. So, you know, like researching buyer personas and, uh, you know, just really getting into like what really makes people tick and drive sales. Um, but I got to you know, get experience with a, a ton of different industries during that time. And, um, and also just, I was basically trying to work on any project I could get. Um, but over time, I noticed that I really seem to enjoy email marketing the best. And that's where I was consistently getting the best results. So that's why, you know, going forward, you know, fast forward to 2019, um, I ended up starting my company Elevate and Scale where I could just focus on, email marketing for e-commerce businesses. Well, well, lucky for you, you had it all figured out before you started your business, right? It sounds like. Well, so it sounds that, <laughs> yeah, it sounds that way. Uh, I definitely didn't. So it, in that stretch, that six years, there was a, a lot of trial and error. So by the time I did end up starting Elevate and Scale, it's like, I had done so many different things, took on different projects that like things I would never want to do again to where I realized, okay, I know all the things I don't want to do. And I, this is one consistent thing that I seem to really enjoy and it seems to work really well. So yeah, it, it seems focused, but there was a lot of, uh, a lot of trial and error along the way. Yeah. You just figured all that out before you started your business because you were working as, as a freelancer, right? Yeah, that's right. Yeah. So what advice would you give to your younger self, you know, when you were a freelancer and you were taking on all these different things, um, you know, what advice do you think would have resonated with it, with that person? The most important thing I could have told myself was just pick one thing and stick with it because I, I was, you know, terribly prone to shiny object syndrome. So it was like, you know, I was doing, I was freelance copywriting and, and that was kind of like one thing I was doing, but during that time, 
I was, you know, creating different, I was always trying to start new ventures. So I was like, you know, creating different blogs and, and random businesses. I had no business trying to do, but I was trying to leverage my newfound digital marketing skills. And, and, you know, it's like, you have the excitement of the initial launch and you get a little traction. And of course you, you hit some problems along the way. And then something else that just looked, you know, newer and better would pop up. And I jumped to that thing before I, I could ever like, you know, really see success with the last thing I was working on. So if I had just stuck with, it could have been any of the things, if I had just stuck with it, I would have probably been further ahead than where I am. Yeah. I mean, I think there's a lot to be said about that, right? Jack of all trades, master of none. You know, if we focus on one thing and get really, really good at that, then you're going to find so much more success along the way uh, instead of just being someone that, it, well, it makes your life easier too, right? Because you can master something and it kind of just comes naturally to you. Whereas if you're trying to do all these different things, I mean, you're just constantly trying to learn how to do it. And quite frankly, you're just not going to be very good at all of those things. Yeah, that's, I mean, that's exactly what it was is because, you know, I would pretty much say yes to any project if I felt confident I could do the task. And a lot of those things weren't necessarily like immediate revenue generating projects for my clients. So, um, you know, so there were like, it was hard to measure success at times, but, but with email and I also just noticed patterns of again, where it's like, okay, this, this keeps working, but because it was so close to the sale, you know, over like over that, you know, six year period, I had generated over 10 million in revenue from my clients. And it's like, okay, this is, you know, it's very black and white here yeah. because it's a lot easier to measure. Um, and again, I was like, man, these, these strategies, even though I'll tweak them for a different industry, it's like, they just keep working for all different types of businesses, you know? So mm -hmm. yeah, I, I, I love that. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I kind of had a similar experience, you know, we've, as an agency, we've had a lot of success in so many different areas of business and including lead generation for all sorts of types of businesses, you know, whether it's a physical product or a service, but e-commerce kind of resonates with me more because it's so black and white, right? Money in, money out. It paints a very clear picture. Whereas, you know, generating leads and stuff like that, it's like, okay, well, we, we have some great numbers, but are they closing? Uh, does the client have the ability to close that business? Are they happy? So many, so many gray areas with that. 100%. That's exactly, that's so funny because that is like literally one of the word for word things I tell people when they ask, why did you, because I used to work with more B2B businesses and um, not because I was targeting them, it just kind of happened. But, mm -hmm. but with e-commerce, I like the fact that if someone clicks in an email and they purchase the product, it's like, it's, it's, you know, exactly, you know, why they bought or what happened or if they, or if anything, if they click through a, an article, like something you've created uh, from SEO or anything, it's measurable. Whereas when you're, you get a click for a B2B business, but then they have to hop on a sales call. There's just a lot more ambiguity of like, you know, okay, you know, what really impacted the sale more. And then again, it's like, you know, you, you're generating leads, but are they closing the leads? Are, are they like, how's their sales process? You know, there's just a lot. Yeah, there is a lot. And, you know, another problem is they're never going to share that information with you, right? As the, the person or the company doing those, they're generating those leads for them, right? So you're kind of just in the dark the whole time and it kind of sucks. Yeah. 
But uh, today we're talking about email marketing and I'm excited for this because so many e-commerce businesses and brands really struggle with this, especially those that are kind of just starting out. Uh, Kyle, in your opinion, why is email such a strong marketing channel? So to me, email marketing has always been a really strong channel for businesses because it gives you direct access to your customers on a platform that you own and control. And so that's, that's kind of been the sales pitch for email for a long time, but even more than ever now, it's very relevant because on social media, so, you know, the social media is the big focus right now, and I'm not against social media at all. It's, it's amazing, but there's just so much more risk to either lose your account, even if you haven't done anything wrong, or you haven't even done anything controversial, there's just, you know, random things that can happen, but also it's, um, you know, the algorithm can change and all of a sudden you don't even have direct access to the people who are following you anymore. Right. So, so that's one part is just being able to have a direct line of communication with your leads and customers, you have more control over it. But then on the other side, it's a very cost-effective sales channel because you can be for an e-commerce business, you can, you can be generating, you know, 30 to 50 plus percent of your sales from email at a fraction of the cost of paid media, for example. So, you know, just having that cost-effective channel you can rely on from month to month is, is great for peace of mind, but it also helps you get better ROI from your other top of funnel marketing strategies, you know, some things that might take a little bit longer to come to fruition or things like paid media, where there's just a lot of cost that goes into content and testing, uh, you know, when you're in an environment where it's the costs are just rising. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, new iOS update kind of threw a wrench in everyone's spokes, right. That was, uh, advertising on Facebook. Right. And yeah, I, I can't agree with you more about owning your own data and having full control over that communication channel because anything can happen to anyone. I mean, you're just a small piece of the puzzle for someone like your company, like Facebook, right? I mean, they can just take your account away from you for no reason. And it's not like you have anyone you can talk to or any recourse. I mean, it's totally up to them. Oh yeah. And there's things that, you know, we see, cause you know, I don't know if you're in any of the like, uh, you know, different Facebook groups for people who offer marketing services, but a lot of times you'll see these kind of these horror stories from other agencies and other freelancers where, um, they'll have a client doing everything by the book and they could be spending, you know, hundreds of thousands a month or even millions on Facebook ads and their account will get banned for uh, a reason that can't be explained and they can't even get the customer service to care. And you would think like, that's a lot of revenue for Facebook, but it's really not no. in the grand scheme for them. It's really not. And they just, and it's insane. Cause you know, like where else would you be spending that much with a company and they would let you just fall by the side and not, not want your business. Oh yeah, man. The customer service with Facebook ads. Oh my God. Don't even, that's a whole nother topic itself. Yeah. It's straight garbage. I mean, you pay all this money to just get treated like garbage. It's crazy. Mm -hmm. So when it comes to email marketing, what do you think most e-commerce brands are doing wrong? So there's two things that come to mind immediately. Uh, the first one being that they just don't get their frequency right. So, and this, this, 
and we'll get into the other one is probably the one that's, that most people would see as more common. But what I'll see a lot of times is small businesses emailing their list way too much. And it's like they're, they're emailing with the type of frequency that a much bigger business would because they're just trying to maximize the revenue in any way that they can. And, you know, quite frankly, if you email more in the short term, you are going to make a lot more money. But the problem is they burn out their list so early in the growth of their business that they don't, they don't have that, that thing I was talking about earlier, just having that reliable uh, sales channel that they can count on month to month. They end up losing that because they, it gets to where, you know, people are just annoyed being on your list and you have more people leaving the list than you have people joining the list. So that's one. But then on the other hand of that, I should mention bigger businesses not emailing their list enough. You'll have big businesses. You have businesses that have hundreds of thousands of people on their list where you could be doing all kinds of segmentation and sending way more emails, making way more revenue and not annoying everyone. Um, and, they're, and they'll just be doing like a, a once a week newsletter or a once a month promo. And I'm just, I'm thinking, wow, okay, you're leaving so much on the table and you could do it right. And so then the other big thing is that people only email their lists, like you mentioned earlier, whenever they have a big sale or a promotion. And, you know, that's, that's fine and, and great for holidays, like, you know, Independence Day is coming up at the time that we're recording. And, you know, so of course, you're, we're all going to be getting all those email uh, promotions from companies. You know, I think the big holidays are great. And then on occasion, if you just need a quick infusion of cash and you want to throw it, you want to do a big promo. Yeah, that's, you know, totally fine. But if the only time you email people is for a sale or, or, you know, any kind of discount or promotion like that, you're training your list to only buy when there is a discount and promotion. So now that, you know, the ROI from your email marketing goes down over time, that's, that's kind of like, you know, more of a short-term problem. The long-term problem is that none of these people will ever respect your price. So they'll never buy at normal price again, because why would they? It's, it's almost like you're, you're punishing them if they do, because I've had this happen to me where a company that I like, I buy something. And then the, like, I've had this happen with the same company, like two or three times in a row, I buy something. And two days later, they have a big sale. And I'm like, why did I, why did I buy? Why did I pay full price? I should have just waited another few days. Yeah, you're exactly right about that. Uh, if you want your customers to value your product and pay full price, I mean, you can't, you can't condition them to wait for a promotion, right? And, you know, I've been on lists that send out like a weekly promotion on stuff. And it's like, how desperate are you? I mean, it just sounds like desperation to your list, right? And it really just hurts the image of your brand. Yeah, yeah, it really does. So, so what are some ways that you like to keep a list engaged uh, without, you know, burning them out with just promotions and stuff? So there's, there's two things. One, you want to have a variety of content. So, you, do, you know, instead of just sending out the same promotion, or it could be a different, a new promotion, but instead of sending out a promotion every time or a discount every time, sending out other content. And we, and we can talk a little bit more about that because the other piece of this, which I think it's uh, overlooked more actually is having good segmentation. So, and these, these two things go hand in hand. So a lot of times businesses, they'll just blast out an email to their entire list every time they send out a campaign. And, you know, again, for like a big sale, yeah, that makes sense. But otherwise you're really not taking advantage of all the customer data you have 
in your email service provider. So you can create different segments of people. So these would be smaller groups within your bigger list, and you can build these out in the most common way to be build them out around um, engagement. So like engagement timelines. So for example, a 30 day engaged segment would be people who have engaged with your emails or gone to your website in the last 30 days. And you can break those down into different, uh, go further out 60 days, 90 days, and so on. And the thinking with those is that the people who are more engaged, they want to get more stuff from you. And the people who are less engaged, they want fewer emails from you. But that's, that's just one thing. So segmentation, you can get into product interest, uh, purchase history, um, you know, age, gender, the location of the country that they're in, all kinds of stuff, where now, just by using that one data point, that one thing you know about this group that unifies this group, now you can create a piece of content specifically for them. So it's like, if you have, um, you know, products broken into categories for men, women, you know, boys, girls, whatever, you can then, you know, it, it seems so obvious, but a lot of times you'll see these companies where it's like they put everything in one email, but you have the customer data. You should, I mean, you know what they're actually shopping for based on their purchase history and, uh, you know, what products they're viewing on your website. So why not focus on the stuff that they're already, they've already showed an interest in and then craft content around that. But that doesn't really, that's, you know, again, that's how you can just send more emails, but but I want to get to the you know first part we were talking about with the variety of content. It's just you know thinking beyond the sale, thinking into um, you can you can do things like company updates. You can share if uh, if you have blogs, if you do any blogging still or any other content it could be social content that you something that you posted that was important that you think people should see if they aren't following you online. You can send them that. Um, and but I like to do things where you're still getting people interested in buying the product, you're just not using a discount. So you're just making the product more exciting. So it's like you could drill down on one specific feature of the product and tell a whole story around that one feature or how that one benefit can help them instead of having one email that's lists five benefits with a discount code. Right. I mean, I think what you're saying is sell your products, right? Don't let the products sell themselves. And, and I agree with you. They need to be personalized emails if you have any variance in the type of people that are buying from you, right? Yeah, definitely. And not even just that, like, you know, the types of buyers, but the reasons why they would buy that product. Because I always think of it like, you know, we, you know, we list out features and benefits of products. Um, and each person is going to feel a little differently. Like, let's just say your product has 10 benefits a lot of your customers probably care about all, all 10 or, or so, but there's probably one to three that like actually impact their buying decision. And you won't know which one it is until you really drill down on each of those. So if you have thousands of people on your list and you send out one email that drills down deep on one of those benefits, now you've kind of pulled those people out of your list of like, oh, this is the main reason they really care. And you can, again, go, go down and do that for all the benefits. And over time, those can create interest segments. So it's a thing that kind of evolves over time. Yeah, for sure, man. So what would you say your secrets to scale are? So really a lot, like along the lines of what we've been talking about here, in my experience, you have to figure out how to be able to send more emails while doing so in a meaningful way. 
So this isn't, this isn't going to be, um, it doesn't mean just again, like hammering your list of daily emails, which yes, that will drive up revenue in the short term, but that's going to ultimately kill your sales and kill the health of your list in the long term. But what I mean is just like, again, going down to the segmentation and, you know, let's just say, um, let's just say, for example, oh, we're talking about, um, uh, supplements, right? So you have, if you really think about, um, like all the different reasons why someone would buy a supplement, you, they have certain goals that they're trying to hit. It's going to either going to be like losing fat or, uh, building muscle or getting better sleep or whatever. And so these are, you have all these different angles available to you to create content, but a lot of times people will just focus on all those things at once. And so that's with campaigns, but then you also have the automation side of email marketing. So a lot of times businesses only have a welcome series or an abandoned checkout series, but they're not really going beyond that. And there's, you know, a ton of different flows you can create. So just within the sales process alone, you can have uh, browse abandonment. You can have abandoned cart, which is different than abandoned checkout. You can have site abandonment, but then beyond the sales process, you can get into things like VIP flows and, um, happy birthday flows. And there's a bunch of different ways where, again, it's like, how can we show up in their inbox, but have a reason to do so. And once, as your list grows, as your business grows, you're able to, and you can find more opportunities to email people without emailing everyone at once. You're going to be able to get a lot more sales because each additional email that you're able to send out is going to get more revenue, but you just want to do it in a meaningful way that you're not pissing people off basically. <laughs> yeah. Well, well said, um, kind of a side question, you know, what are your favorite tools for email marketing? For e-commerce businesses, definitely Klaviyo. That's that's the tool that we primarily work with. Yep. Uh, and I, I figured you'd say that. Yeah. Everything we've talked about here, you can do with Klaviyo. Um, there, are, there are other like add-on things you can get for pop-ups and different stuff. But honestly, for most businesses, um, you know, you don't need all the extra frills. You can, it works so well with Shopify and with WooCommerce. Um that you can create a lot of different automations you wouldn't normally be able to do with other ones without a lot of extra coding. Um, and you also can just get really good insights about your customers that automatically pulls from Shopify. So it's very, very useful. Yeah, for sure, man. Um, yeah, we actually just became a Cladio partner this week. So I'm pretty excited about that. Uh, okay. Kyle, I want to thank you for taking the time to do this interview with me today. Is there anything that I did not ask you that you think might benefit the audience? Yeah. I mean, if, I think the most important thing, um, that a lot of people don't focus on with email marketing is we spend so much time focusing on what we're selling, but in my opinion, it's really more important to focus on who you're selling to. So it's just kind of, you know, a lot of times it's like you haven't done, that kind of buyer persona research or whatever you want to call it in a long time. And it's, it, you need to just take a step back and really think about, okay, who are our customers? What do they really care about? What are their wants and needs and fears and all of that? How do our products make their life better? And then now how can we create content around those things and tell stories around those things? So that way, again, the idea is that people want to actually receive these emails from you. <laughs> 
Right. Exactly. I mean, no one wants emails that they don't care about. Right. And what you're talking about here is just marketing fundamentals. Right. Uh, I mean, you're going to have a really hard time being successful with any form of marketing if you don't know who you're speaking to. Right. Exactly. So Kyle, what's a great way for anyone listening to get in contact with you? Uh, yeah, the best way would be to just go to elevateandscale.com. So our, our offer is very simple. We'll increase your email revenue by 30% in the first 60 days, or we'll work for free until we do. Awesome, man. Everyone go check out Elevate and Scale. And thank you again, Kyle. Thank you for having me. Thank you for listening to another episode of e-commerce secrets to scale. Be sure to subscribe so that you never miss another episode. This podcast is sponsored by Ranksy Digital Marketing. If you own an e-commerce business and you're ready to take it to the next level, visit our website at ranksy.com. That's R-A-N-K-S-E-Y.com.